valued listener, and welcome to Storytime with Dave. I'm your host, Dave. Here we are. It's been a while again. I got to get back into a more regular schedule, releasing these. And I've been thinking about, I don't know what to do. I think I said on the last episode, I want to make a new podcast. So I kind of do, but I want to make it, um, it's got to have a video component to it. Although it's the type of podcast that will probably get banned off YouTube. Now I doubt it. Come on. You got to be important to get banned on YouTube. You got to, you got to be a important and B telling a truth that is too dangerous for people to hear. Apparently, even if it's not true. It's too dangerous. People can't hear things. It's very dangerous. People are very impressionable. They can only hear the official narrative. If you were to give them any alternative, you are a danger. You are a threat to society. And uh, you should be be, uh, removed. You should, uh, your, your, you know, your ability to influence people is clearly dangerous even if it's just a few because uh, those people will undoubtedly end up shooting up schools even if the video is something about COVID-19 the people who watch it will shoot up schools we've done the research I saw a CDC study it said people who think hydroxychloroquine works are 89% more likely to shoot up a school I saw the study I saw the methodology I saw the data I saw the analysis. I saw the conclusion. It was all there. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, there's so many things that happen so quickly. Like every few days, it's just, it's a whirlwind. I mean, it seems like we've been saying for years that, what, do you know what that um, quote is where it's like, It's like decades go by and nothing happens. And then weeks go by and decades happen or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard that quote? I think it's like a Russian guy said it. I'm not sure. That could have been me making it up. I'm sure the quote's real, but I probably butchered it. But it's something like that. And uh, that's accelerated over time because there were even times in... uh, you know, where it felt like this in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. And now this is just something next level. I mean, it really is just exhausting. And so you have a take on something and it's irrelevant in a day. And maybe that issue isn't even a big deal. And that's, that's by design. I mean, that's clearly by design. You know what's crazy is that, I mean, Jesus, man, it's so obvious, it becomes increasingly obvious. So as this accelerates, these methods of distraction, division, outrage, as that all accelerates, it becomes increasingly obvious to a relatively objective 
spectator that this is, well, I'm not sure if it's desperation or if it's that if you keep getting away with something, maybe you'll become emboldened to be even more absurd. You know, um, like why, why not ratchet it up? If no one, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's like, this is a perfect example. The Russia gate fake scandal that they investigated for three or whatever, three and a half years, finding nothing. Um, even that Flynn stuff is bullshit. The, the Flynn thing, I mean, he's going to be fine because that's something that you could look into as well. I just saw a green Glenn Greenwald video where he was on like that show. Um, I forget what the show is called. It's on the Hill. It's like a podcast, I guess. And I mean, they were wrong. This is the point. They were wrong about the Russia scandal, everything Russia related pretty much, or it was blown completely out of proportion. The parts that were true, what few there were. So this is a, this is something they do for three years. People like Rachel Maddow, um, Lawrence, whatever his name is, the guy who's on after Rachel Maddow, plenty of others, mostly on CNN and MSNBC, and also independent, you know, journalists and Twitter personalities. And so they were wrong about this for three years. They didn't lose any credibility to most people because most people are brain dead, similar to Joe Biden. Most people are completely brain dead. So it's it's hard for them to think critically or it's hard for them. They are goldfish. I mean, we have a goldfish society. That's, I mean, it's it's like, it's you could see a reflection. I can't tell a joke that's more than 30 seconds. People just... They, they, they lose track. They're like, what? Why is there, why has this gone on for more than, why isn't this a meme? Why isn't he a meme? I thought when I, I thought when I paid money to go see a comedy show, I thought that it was just going to be memes. I thought they were just going to do a slideshow with memes. Why is he saying words? Well, fine, say words, but it better not be for more than 30 seconds at a time. That's all I can take. I can't follow. I can't follow a thought. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the predicament. But <clears throat> no one cared that all of that was wrong. People just forgot or you know, they just went oops, like that's basically what they didn't even do that. I mean, I saw like a Chris who's like the younger MSNBC guy uh, it's not Chris Matthews. It's like something like that. I don't know. They all have very generic names for the most part. But um, he basically blamed Russia for the reason why the Russiagate scandal was wrong. So that's a double down of epic proportions. But now, you know, you see it again. I mean, did I talk about this on the last episode? Because this won't go away. I see people continually sharing memes about it or articles, headlines. People don't share articles. They share headlines. 
they don't read the article, they read the headline, then they share the headline. But you knew that because that's something that's been going on for a long time. And that's why you see so many people are like, well, did you even read the article? And that's almost like, you know, don't even bother, man. Don't even bother. It's a waste. It is a waste of time. If people can't even listen to a joke that's more than 30 seconds, what makes you think they're going to read an article that's more than a paragraph? They won't do it. I feel like at least probably 75% of Americans have not read a book in the last five years. I don't know why, but it's probably just... I don't know. I... Maybe we're getting dumber faster. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're getting dumber faster. That's why people are calling the cops on each other for not wearing masks. That's why people are spraying each other with mace for not wearing masks because we're getting dumber faster. So the government doesn't have to subjugate us. You know, the government doesn't have to come in and mandate things. We'll do it to ourselves in a very Soviet way. So as, as for as much as we seem to hate Russia so much, and they're so evil. We seem to be taking a lot of notes from them, historically, and how they behave, the Russian people. And, uh, you know, just ducking our heads down. I mean, that's like Sojanitsyn talks about it in the Gulag Archipelago when he's first being arrested. He didn't even get handcuffed. They weren't forcing him to go with them to this forced labor camp that they eventually sent him to. But he just walked with them with his head down. And there were people around. They took him on a train. And he didn't say anything. And one of the biggest things that he regretted was the fact that he didn't cause a commotion. And be like, they're taking me away. They're taking me away. I didn't do anything wrong. And maybe riled people up and get some help. But he didn't. He just submitted. And what you see with uh, way too big a portion of our society, our American society, is that we just submit. We just submit. We're very weak. We're cowards. We don't like saying things that other people wouldn't like. I mean, that's something that that's something that always has gone on throughout human history, probably. Probably all the way back, 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 way back when. I mean, <clears throat> obviously there was a time where to say you were like an atheist might mean a death sentence, things of that nature. So, but it seems like whatever um, mechanism of resistance existed within the American people has been either has atrophied on the one hand and on the other hand, it has been focused in the most meaningless and useless directions. So people will paint letters on the street. They will take the energy of their resistance, this volatile energy that if focused in the correct direction could actually maybe produce some, you know, I mean, I think we're a little too far gone to produce anything extremely meaningful that would ultimately you know, fix things to an extent that's probably, you know, maybe whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. 
we're probably too far gone. The country's too purchased for that, for anyone to allow that to happen. But they do take whatever energy of resistance that could be used for something, for something, and they, they redirect it. I don't know who they are or how they're so effective in doing it, but they're able to just nullify it. They're able to completely nullify it to the extent that people are drawing letters on the road. People are drawing big letters on the road. And this is somehow, this is somehow, that, that's the answer then. That's what we're doing. That's what we've decided. And I'm sure all those people who are in jail, maybe I've said it before, but I really mean this. I'm sure all those people who are in jail for possession of marijuana, for example, are very, very proud of these people who painted big letters on the road. And I'm sure every morning when they wake up and continue their life of subjugation and in a lot of ways probably despair, I'm sure there's one glimmer of hope that flashes across their mind every day when they wake up and they go, I may be locked in this cage and treated like an animal for a nonviolent crime, but at least they painted big letters on the road, they say to themselves. They say at least they painted, they're doing something for crying out loud, folks. They painted big letters on the road. Big letters. And we're not talking about just in one city. In multiple cities, even in suburban areas. Remarkable. I mean, we're talking about these weren't little letters on the road. A lot of people say, oh, those letters weren't that big. I say those people have been misinformed. They've been misguided. And frankly, they're racist. Those are very big letters. Those are some of the biggest letters I've seen in my life. And I'm a letter historian to an extent. It's something I've I delved into you know, in earlier in my life, between the ages of about six and 12, I was kind of a scholar of big letters. So I know a big letter when I see one, let me tell tell you something. And those were big letters. So again, I take back what I said about the fact that these movements get co-opted and the energy gets redirected in the most useless and meaningless way. I take back what I said, because when I said that, I wasn't remembering the big letters. So I actually take that back. Um, we are making meaningful change. And this is being used in the right way. This energy is being used in the right way. We're making big letters, big impact. All right. Continuing. I don't know. Well, I'll get back to the point about it being so obvious. Because to me, it seems like increasingly obvious that we're undergoing such a um what's the word that I'm looking for robust and just it's so um this it's a misinformation campaign and it's like the effectiveness with which they are doing it is to the extent that to call out the misinformation campaign that is being um, run by 
big media corporations and the individual actors who uh, who help support that. That to call that out or to offer alternative information to this huge propaganda operation, it's remarkable, it's vast. So to offer an alternative, you are now the one who is engaging in the misinformation campaign. That's amazing, but that's typical. But I've never seen it in my life to this extent, I don't think. I mean, I was too young. I'm, I know it happened now in hindsight with what I've learned afterwards that it happened with 9-11 and the, the war in Iraq and really a lot of our activity in the Middle East. But I was too young to, to get that. I mean, when 9-11 happened, I was like eight, I think. I was like seven or eight. So, um, but now it's like now being old enough and <clears throat> it's amazing. It's amazing, dude. I mean, and it's so, uh, there's so many aspects to it. There's so many aspects. Let's take, for example, the, um, what do you call it? Like declassified or there's a different word. Um, with the Ghislaine Maxwell documents that got released, um, where, you know, a lot of uh, influential names were there, like Bill Clinton and Alan Dershowitz, and, and it was bipartisan names. And Prince Andrew, like some people who are a, not engaged in the political process or, you know, not... Uh, publicly or maybe behind the scenes for some of these people, but certainly would be worth mentioning, you would suspect, but they didn't mention it. There was no mention of it on CNN. There was no mention on MSNBC. I don't know if there was mention of it on like NPR. I, I would hope so, certainly, but, you know, so in a world where they're willing to report on anything to take attention away from whatever they're currently reporting on because it almost seems like they get bored it seems like they're the goldfish i think i feel like people would care about something for longer if the media cared about it for longer but they don't they never do so so i don't know like in a in a media world that is built on scandals like where where what i mean is um that's that generates money for them if there's a scandal because then people want to watch or if there's some it seems like the the more fucked up something is the more people want to look into it to an extent there's obviously a line but especially when there's big names involved and people kind of like seeing a downfall i think that people enjoy seeing a downfall of uh popular or powerful and influential person unless it's someone they love but even then i mean when it comes to political people anyone who is like widely loved is probably also widely hated with a few exceptions such as jfk for example he was hated 
by very few people, but those people obviously had enough power to kill him and get away with it, which they did. But that's really, I mean, that is your, uh, that's the shallow end. If you want to get into conspiracies, that's the shallow end. That's kind of the steps. If it's a pool, those are the steps. That's a great place to start. It's a great place to start. Highly recommend that you look into it. If you're interested, just throwing it out there. But why wouldn't, so in, in this like, why wouldn't they? They're always looking for the next story and they're, they would be willing to, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. well I got to bring it back and then we'll, we'll continue. There was that, there's that story that's still going around even though it's, it's completely, I mean it's very uh, flimsy. It's, it's as flimsy as a story could be. The, about um, the Russians paying, uh, bribing Taliban members to kill United States soldiers. Well, first of all, when I read that, I thought to myself, if I know anything about the Taliban, it's that you would have to bribe them to get them to try to kill Americans. I mean, if there's anything we right, guys, if there's anything we learned about the Taliban, am I, come on, guys, am I right? If there's anything, if there's anything we've learned about the Taliban, anything it's that they will not kill americans you have to bribe them that's the only way they'll do it i mean they're just not ideologically interested or morally interested in inflicting harm upon u.s soldiers they love u.s soldiers they welcome them with open arms i mean that's part of the reason why we're in the middle east to this day is because the taliban it was when uh i think it started basically when um the first bush was president and he had a pen pal who was the head of uh, the Taliban, whose name was Ahmoud Al-Khatinajay. And uh, he and Ahmoud would say, he would send him, frequently send him letters and say, George, I want to hang. Please, you and the boys, bring some homies, bring some guns, bring some, uh, some uniforms. Let's do this. Bring some helmets, bring some explosives. We'll, we'll meet up. Let's do it. And he was repeatedly inviting him. So it was when George... So then he briefly went there just for a quick hang um, in Baghdad. And, and, uh, and then when George Bush Jr. was, was president um, with, uh, you know, the wisdom imparted on him by his father, he decided that, you know what, him and Ahmed could really have a great um, relationship and could really have a banging ass time. So he went out there. So. We know that the Taliban has no interest in killing American soldiers and that the only way they would possibly consider it is if they were, is if they were um, bribed. And now the second part of the story is that the original story, which I think was um, published by the New York Times, and you know, historically, the New York Times has always been against wars, except for World War I and except for World War II and except for the Vietnam War. And except for um, the Iraq war and a few others, but most of the time they're extremely against war. They're very pacifist and you can never call them a war hawk. Uh, like the, the, you can never accuse them of being war hawks or allowing people to write for them frequently who are war hawks. And then, you know, just uh, publishing mostly opinions that agree with that with that perspective, you could never uh, accuse them of that, except for most wars of the last hundred years. But besides that, really, you couldn't, I mean, you'd be reaching, it would be a reach. 
But, you know, the other the other part is that original story that when I read it, um, the sources were three anonymous Taliban sources. So three anonymous sources in the Taliban were the the genesis of this story. Did I use that word right? They were the beginning of this story. And again, I mean, if there's a second thing, guys, come on. If there's a, if there's a first thing we know about the Taliban, it's that they would never kill an American because they would never want to unless they were bribed. And if there's a second thing we know about the Taliban, it's that they are trustworthy. These are trustworthy individuals. This is a trustworthy group of people. They are honest. They are hardworking. They are pro-Western values. They, that's why they frequently wave the American flag. You won't see that on the mainstream news, but they do. They frequently wave the American flag. They drive Ford F-150 Raptors that are lifted and they wave and they fly a Blue Lives Matter flag on, off the back of that car. And again, you're not going to see that on Fox, okay? You got to dig a little deeper. But this is something that they love America. The Taliban love America and they are always telling the truth. So I think... Um, that I take back what I said earlier and I actually totally believe that story. Even though the, the media was completely wrong about the first Russia story, I totally believe this one, even though it has even less credible sources than the first one, this one is the one and I am with it and I buy it wholeheartedly because I am Joe Biden and I approve this message and my brain is melting. Um, now let's continue. Um, it's so fake and it's that it's amazing and they don't seem to care. I mean, it's, I forget where I was going exactly before I, I went into the Taliban thing, but it's amazing, dude. I had to move to the downstairs because people were making a ruckus upstairs but I'll be I'll be out of the house soon actually I'm already I've been apartment shopping I've been apartment hunting for the past two weeks and it's not easy to find an apartment that doesn't suck in Astoria or Greenpoint because that's where we want to live it's not easy it's a little easier now than it was probably a year ago but it's still not that easy stay posted anyway it's so obvious, <clears throat> more so than it's ever been in my life. I mean, it just, I, I don't get it. It's like, why? why? It's because it's so politicized. Everything is partisan. So when you're hyper-partisan, you become effectively retarded. I don't mean you're literally, you have Down syndrome or something, but you become effectively very slow in your thinking and your reaction. And you probably won't realize things until five years later when the other guy's the president or whatever. But, I mean, look at what happened with the America's frontline doctors. That that whole, uh, you know, that whole mess. Look what happened. I mean, this is amazing, dude. You had these doctors who 
came together as a group in Washington, D.C., and they said, look, <clears throat> they said, I mean, I, you know, I watched the video. I forget exactly. I mean, it, they, they said different things because there were different doctors. But essentially, they were, they were um, in support of using hydroxychloroquine, which is a drug that's been around for 70 years and has never, it's, it's been listed as a safe drug by like the USDA. So, and it's like been used globally and in a lot of places around the world, you can get it over the counter. Isn't that something? But you need a prescription to get it here. There was a study too. This is interesting. There was a study that, that aims to show how dangerous hydroxychloroquine is. And in that study, they dosed 2000 milligrams of hydroxychloroquine when the actual prescribed dose at least for these COVID patients, is 200 milligrams. So they used 10 times the recommended dose, and they said that's dangerous, so the drug must be dangerous. Hilarious. But these doctors said what they said, gave their opinions, and there were multiple doctors. There were like a dozen doctors there who spoke. Okay? They took the one doctor who was a black woman, and I forget what her name was, and she's got some wild beliefs. There's no denying that about demon sperm and stuff like that. But this is what they did. on Because there's two ways to approach this. There's the mainstream way where they're going to use the media and they're not going to engage in that kind of thing. They're going to use different things like that bogus study to debunk these people and say that they're dangerously spreading misinformation. But... Then there's the, the memosphere or whatever. Then there's the internet world where they have to make something a meme. And so what they did was made that woman into a meme. And they were able to um, really effectively turn that whole thing into whatever it became, which was that people completely ignored it and they just thought it was bullshit because they took that one lady, they took beliefs that were unrelated to um <clears throat> you know it's like dude it's like so you know just because i believe that the holocaust didn't happen doesn't mean i'm i'm wrong about how to cook a good steak i've been cooking a lot of steaks recently and i can cook a good steak give me a cast iron give me a cast iron give me uh give me a you know give me some spices give me some smoked paprika give me some garlic powder some onion powder Give me some, uh, give me some, obviously some salt, some pepper. Give me some, give me some, give me some butter. I'll make you a great steak. My beliefs about the Holocaust are irrelevant in this case. You understand what I'm saying? So they didn't have to address anything that these doctors brought up. They didn't have to address it. Not at all. I mean, they just got to debunk the whole thing without debunking anything. It's amazing. I mean, and people, <clears throat> it's because Trump mentioned something about hydroxychloroquine and people hate Trump so much that they would rather have more people die than for him to be right. And if you don't think that's true, you probably hate Trump. I mean, if you don't think I mean, be a little more, be a little more honest with yourself, please. I mean, most of the people who listen to this podcast are not like that, but certainly there are some and, 
certainly you know some and you see some and you don't have to like Trump. But the fact that you hate him so much that you'd be willing to deny the existence of a viable treatment because it would make him look good and it might increase his likelihood of winning the election if there was a treatment for this. You know, I mean, that's just that's like, I don't know, maybe you're utilitarian. Maybe you're like, well, if enough people die now, then more people won't have to die later because inevitably um, more people will die from a second term of Trump than from COVID-19, which um, which is uh, I, I think that I think that might be a reasonable position, because especially because a lot of the, the death numbers are inflated because of how they. Um, change the rules of classifying cause of death, which is one of the frontline doctors is this state senator from Minnesota. I forget his name, but I heard him on a couple podcasts and, um, you know, he brought up this point and he brought up a few points. Uh, he wasn't even so much talking about hydroxychloroquine. That's the other thing. There's like, there's other treatments that they're not talking about. They won't talk about it on the mainstream media for whatever reason i mean i don't know if they they really want a vaccine it seems like they're really pushing for that they don't want a treatment they want a vaccine even though the vaccine trials for this vaccine that's coming out don't they look pretty bad um so i'd probably be passing on that but then they probably won't allow me to fly or um, leave my house so i don't know it'll be interesting but i'd be able to do way more podcasts if they don't let me leave my house and it wouldn't even have to be the government doing that because people would voluntarily stand outside my door and be like, you're not leaving until you get this vaccine. They would not be law enforcement. They would be regular people because that's who the enforcers are now. It's you. You're the enforcer. But you know what's the best part about all this is that we could just stop and nothing would happen. Isn't that hilarious? We could just stop. Like if you had a bunch of people somewhere in a restaurant or I don't know because that's the other thing like if you go into a restaurant like in Nyack we got beers the other day and we were in the restaurant and no one was wearing a mask but if you're walking you had to wear a mask I mean how ridiculous is this if you're walking around so we were we were three people the only three people in the restaurant walking around where there were plenty of people in the restaurant we were the ones walking around, I mean, besides the waiters, so we had to wear a mask. But as soon as we sat down, we didn't have to wear the mask anymore. How about that? That's fun. That makes too much sense. That's probably why it doesn't make any sense to me. But you got this guy who's his doctor, and basically he made a video where he talked about how, and he's a medical doctor, so he's a state senator in Minnesota, a medical doctor, He's a Republican, so that's probably why people would say, no, he must be wrong because he's a Republican. Because, again, we're brain dead. We're, uh, we're, a, failed, we're a failed state. It's very sad. Um, we are, I mean, we're Idiocracy, that movie. You remember that? I mean, we're Brave New World. Most accurately, probably Brave New World. But, um, you know, we're all brain dead. So we won't look at some. We go, oh, he's got a red tie? Nope, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. He's got a red. Oh, he's got a blue tie. 
I like blue top. I like blue. I like blue. Yay. I like blue. Yay. That's our society. Those are, that's like an intellectual. <laughs> that's what I just described. That's an, in, that's a modern intellectual. That's not even the average person. The modern intellectual is I like red tie, red tie. I like red tie. I like, I only like red ties. I don't like blue ties. I only like red ties. Yay. I only like red tie. I don't like blue ties. Blue ties are always wrong. Blue ties make me mad. Urgh. I don't like blue ties. Well, I like blue ties. Well, I don't like you. Well, whatever, because you have a red tie. Those are the intellectuals. That's the intellectual class of our society right now. So it's, it's, it's like it's even worse on the on the ground on the ground floor it's even worse but anyway this guy said um you know he said basically he's been a doctor for 30 years and there's never been a time in his professional career that they had changed the classification such as they're doing now with COVID-19 and the way he explained it was like this the way that they get all the numbers for example for like how many people die of heart disease or how many people die of lung cancer like if you have lung cancer and you get pneumonia and die, you, your cause of death is not listed as pneumonia. That is a contributing factor. But your cause of death is listed as lung, lung cancer. And I think that that is something that people would agree with. Does that sound crazy? Does that sound crazy to you? So it's the same way they do it with heart disease. It's like, Again, I mean, it could be anything, but that's the cause of death. And then there are contributing factors. But what they did for COVID-19 is they reversed it. Nice. They reversed it. Ooh, yeah. They swapped it around. So if you had lung cancer and you died with COVID, then the COVID killed you. The lung cancer just contributed. How about that? How about that? <clears throat> and then that kid who died in the motorcycle accident. I mean, I know that's kind of like a, it's an anecdotal thing, but this is the other funny thing that I realized that's so ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's absurd. It's frustrating, but it's hilarious. It's all of these things. Is that if you bring up that black doctor, and I forget her name from the, uh, frontline doctors of America, if you bring up the fact that she said she claims to have treated 350 patients, all of them survived. She had 350 patients with COVID and all of them survived while when she treated them with hydroxychloroquine. There's also a different, there's a different treatment too that I listened to a podcast about last night that involves like chlorine molecules. It's not actual chlorine the way you think of it, like in a pool. It's not like that. It's like, I forget though. And I'm, it's so, it's so way too over my head, but it, it looks like a promising treatment, but I doubt that you'd hear about it. Um, unless you actually went out of your way because that's the way now you have to go out of your way to, um, to find a lot of this stuff, you have to really go and you wouldn't think that you'd have to do that. But anyway, if you say, 
Well, look at her. She had 350 patients. She treated them all with hydroxychloroquine and all of them survived. And again, it's not just hydroxychloroquine. It's hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin. So it's, it's a combination of these three things. It's not just hydroxychloroquine. Anyway, um, what would people say to that? They, they, and what have they been saying that? They say that's anecdotal evidence. That is anecdotal evidence. You cannot use that. It's not permissible. It's not data. It's not hard data. It is anecdotal evidence. And then I say, oh, well, that's great news because I'm a young person and there's like no way that I'm going to die from this. So I don't have to wear a mask and I can kind of go back to life as usual. And they go, whoa, 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 man. You know that a 37 year old died from this? You know that in California, a 21 year old died from this? And I go, oh, Okay, so we are using anecdotal evidence. So I, if I get it, I'll just use hydroxychloroquine. That's fine because the anecdotal evidence counts now, right? And they go, no, whoa, whoa, man. Whoa, man. Not that anecdotal evidence. That don't count, son. That's how they sound. That, that was me doing Chuck Todd from MSNBC. Whoa, no, man. That ain't count, dog. That's Chuck Todd. MSNBC contributing. Well, he's an anchor. Good for him. And he's done very well in his life. So that's, I mean, none of it makes sense. I mean, there are so many things that don't make sense. This is the other thing. It's like, it's because it doesn't make sense that it creates so much resistance. It's because it doesn't make sense. When things make sense, it doesn't mean you're like, I'll never comply with anything the government says. That's ridiculous. And it's a straw man. If something makes sense, then you can comply with it and you're being reasonable. And that's how we all cooperate in the society. But if it doesn't make any sense, it becomes very suspicious and it also becomes really hard to like just to not enforce, but expect people to do it. I mean, it's going to be a weird, weird, I I would say um, very concerning turn of events if they decide to start enforcing this with the law, people wearing masks, and who knows what happens after that. But if they start to get the law involved, that should be concerning to all of us. Now, if you like the blue ties, it probably won't be concerning to you because right now you're more brain dead than the red ties. I'm sorry. It's just right at this second, I swear. If it was, if we're talking about 20 years ago, if it's, you know, 2001, 2002, then the red ties were the more brain dead. The blue ties contributed to the brain deadness as the red ties do now, but it was more that the red ties were brain dead, but now it's the blue ties that are brain dead and, um, and a little less so are the red ties. So this is what we need to accept. But there are people who are hoping that they start enforcing masks the, the, like through law. I mean, it's not a law, so you'd have to make it a law. But that would never pass. It would have to be an executive order, I guess. But then that that would go to the that would go to the courts and then be overturned. But it would take it might take a while. 
to do that. I don't even get it, dude. Like, you don't have to be a libertarian. Why do you cuck so hard for the state? I don't get these people. You don't have to be a libertarian. You could be a fucking Marxist, dude. But why do you cuck so hard for the state? It doesn't make any sense. Why do you cuck so hard for Bill Gates? Why do you cuck so hard for Jeff Bezos? You know, and these are different people. Like the type of person that cucks for the state does not cuck for Jeff Bezos. And the type of person that cucks for Jeff Bezos does not cuck for the state. But the type of person that cucks for the state cucks for Bill Gates. It's weird. It's weird. Because it's also like blue ties, they don't like billionaires except for Bill Gates. And what's funny is apparently those frontline doctors have no credibility, even though they are all medical doctors who practice. They have no credibility, but Bill Gates, he should be not only in charge of the way we handle this situation, he should be in charge of producing the vaccine that saves us from this. Bill Gates, not doctor. Non-Dr. Gates. He should be deciding this. These are, these are blue tie sentiments I'm giving you right now. I mean, not all of them, but it's a... It's a considerable amount. It's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. I don't like it. I mean, I don't like anything that's going on right now, really. I mean, I like that there are pockets of resistance. And if you look in Europe, it's like they know what they're doing. And it's so funny. Again, it's so obvious. There was like a million people in Germany who were were protesting the mask enforcement and the shutdown, really, because I feel like People will say this is more about mess, but it's more about the shutdown. It's more about the complete shutdown of society. I mean, people are more mad about that than the mess, I think, because it affects their lives more. So there were like a million people and, and the, the, the mainstream media in the same way that they never will show you the French protests like the yellow vests. They won't show you that because that's about economic injustice. I think I talked about this on the last episode. That's about economic injustice. So that's not, that's not, no, that's not a good, that's to them, to the uh, elites. That's not a good road to go down. So let's just not show them that. And that's what they do. Cause we're like little kids and the media, they're like the parents and they choose the channel for us to watch. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like that. So they don't show us that. And then they like, you know, if there's uprisings about the lockdowns, then they don't show us that. Or if they do, they go, they were Nazis. They go, oh, well, there were some Nazis that rioted and in Germany, you know, you know, how Germans are, they're Nazis, you know, so it's sad. There's a bunch of neo-Nazis, really nothing to see here. It's like so obvious, man. Jesus, why can't you see this? I don't know why so many people can't see this. It's so obvious, man. They are. Maybe they're scared or they're desperate. Or again, maybe they just know they'll get away with it. Maybe they think this is funny. I mean, that's what I felt when I saw Dr. Fauci, who is scum, when he was talking about wearing goggles. I thought that that was him trolling. I really think that to this day. I think that Fauci when he gets back home after that interview or when he gets back to the car or whatever is cracking up 
He's laughing hysterically and he's going, dude, people are going to wear fucking goggles. I swear. <laughs> Whoever he says, like, dude, I, I saw you vouch. You son of a bitch. I can't believe you did that. People are going to wear goggles. And Fauci's just dying laughing. I bet you that's what happened. He's trolling us. Jesus Christ, man. Next, it's going to be earmuffs. He's going to say, well, it could potentially get in through your ears. So you should be wearing earmuffs in 90 degree weather in the summer. You should be wearing goggles, earmuffs, a hat, a mask, and even a face shield. And um, it's amazing. It's amazing, dude. I can't believe it. I really cannot believe it. What do you think about this? I don't know. This is this might be a little fringe. What do you think about this? If they have the debates, if Biden refuses to take the mask off, you think it's a body double? I don't know. I saw a video today going around and it was like a, a cro- like a cut cut screen, you know, like a side by side and one of them was the the video of Trump like walking down that ramp where he kind of lost his footing and the other one was Joe Biden riding a bike and it was like who's more fit for office and I was like we weren't talking about his physical strength <laughs> we were talking about Biden we're talking about the fact that he can't do an interview he can't get through an interview he's a liability that is their strategy is to keep him away from the public as long as possible to keep him out of the public eye it's sad too. I mean, I'm not really sad for Joe Biden. He's gone through terrible things in his life. So in that way, like you could be sympathetic for him, but he's also done horrible things in his life. So I don't know. I mean, it's, but it's sad to watch someone deteriorate and I'm like, Trump's clearly deteriorating, but Trump's is more like deterioration in the way that someone's brain is going to deteriorate as they get older perhaps even a bit more so but when you look at Biden you're like this is accelerating and it's sad to see this this guy is just he's losing it quicker than Trump I would say just so we can all be happy just so we can all just chill out and be happy I would say they're both losing it Biden's losing it faster. He's losing it quicker. So it's sad. But I could see that happening where he's like, no, I would never take the mask off. I would never put people at risk like that. And all of a sudden, he's going to be speaking a lot more eloquently. And he's going to make be making a lot fewer gaffes. I'd be interested. I mean, that's uh, I'm throwing it out there. Who knows, man? I know it's fringe. It's just off the top of my head. Who knows? But... This is the other thing when I talk about red ties and blue ties. It's just, it's the same team. I mean, I keep trying to tell you that. Some people are very resistant to that idea because they are very, very indoctrinated. But, um, you know, it might also be from the vaccines. Who knows? Who's to say? But they they are convinced. No, they're convinced that there's two parties, that, that the Democrats are the good guys and the Republicans are the bad guys or the Republicans are the good guys and the Democrats are the bad guys. They're convinced of this. And they have, 
I mean, I just, again, it's like, I feel like, dude, it's fine. I mean, if you think that, if you think that really Lee, like whatever his name was, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone and was just a lone wolf and he just happened to be at the right place at the right time and there was a magic bullet that bounced all around JFK's body and killed him. If you want to believe that, that's fine. All I would say is that you haven't done enough research into the topic that's all and i would say that anyone if they just cared to you know devote a little bit of time read a book or two that they would they would come out uh feeling differently about the situation and i feel the same way about people who think that there really is a two-party system and that there really isn't just complete corporate control of the united states and of the politicians i would say that's fine I would say simply that if you were to look more deeply into it, you'd be very surprised and you'd probably be disturbed and disappointed. But I think you'd probably have a different opinion than when you went in to this research. You know, read Death of the Liberal Class by Chris Hedges. Anything, dude. I mean, there's so, 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 so many. There's so many great things to read on that. In, the, in that regard. And there's documentaries you can watch and shit. I mean, if you don't want to read a book, just watch a fucking documentary. There's so many. So they play their role. Like when it's the, when it's the red ties turn, then they, then they play the role of the authoritarian and of the, the one who strips away the rights, but it's always for the right reason. You see, and it's the same way the um, blue ties will sometimes step in and they will take away people's rights and they will bring us closer to this whatever they want. But it's certainly nothing good. OK, can we agree there? It's not good. So. In 2001. I mean, you know, I also I think that I think that uh, 9-11 was controlled demolition. But either way, that's kind of irrelevant, at least at the time, um, because there were emotions were running high and people were angry and sad and scared. And and there was no partisanship. That's something that's distinctly different from then and from now is that. There was complete bipartisanship. As I've said before, the Patriot Act was packed, passed 98 votes to one. And the Patriot Act obviously took away rights from American citizens in the most significant way in decades. It had been many, many, many years since something had, to that degree, taken away rights from people. They did it in the name of national protection. They did it in the name of national security. And, and so that was the red ties who had to lead that because, because the red tie voters, they like order and, and they're very patriotic. They're very patriotic. So when someone attacks the homeland, those are, that's, who's going to be, that's where all the energy is going to be coming from. Not all of it, obviously, but a lot of the energy is going to be coming from there. And so the red ties, that was their time to deprive Americans of rights. 
and to usher in this more authoritarian uh, status quo. And now we have a situation where it is not in the um, it is not uh, for in the name of order and uh, national security. It is in the name of compassion and public health. And so it's the blue ties turn. It is the blue ties turn. And you can see this with the governors in California, my state of New Jersey, New York. You see authoritarians. I mean, these people are tyrants. And thank goodness that Gavin Newsom is not the president of the United States. Thank goodness that Andrew Cuomo is not the president of the United States. Thank goodness that Phil Murphy isn't the president of the United States. These people are complete tyrants, but they do so in the name of compassion. We just care so much about the people and we would just hate to see. We would hate to see. Uh, that's what it is. It's a blue tie. The red tie is like, they will pay, you know? And the blue tie is like, I just, I, we don't have any other choice. I, I have to be an authoritarian. It's because I care about people so much. That is the distinction. And so right now, it is the blue tie's turn. It is the blue tie's turn to drive us further into authoritarianism. You see? The red ties had their turn. And now the blue ties have their turn. But everyone wins. Except for us. I feel like that's a good place to end it on. Thank you for listening. I'll be back soon, hopefully. Unless the government kills me. I love you.